Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Master Ben Patrick and this is Wrestling Now. This is the podcast that gives you all things wrestling including WWE, AEW, NJPW, Empire Wrestling including reviews, predictions and the news. And this is why I talk about the news and in this segment we call Rumors Now. Okay, first of all we start with... A news coming from one of Andrew Zarian's WWE sources, which says that the mysterious breakup and feud will be happening soon. Well, for those of you who have been watching well, both SmackDown and Raw, I mean, they haven't been in Raw that long, but yeah, it's you could see it, you could tell it's coming. You could tell, yeah, you could really tell it's coming the way mostly Dominic, especially, has been losing, and even Ray. And half the losses can be blamed on the other Mysterio. Yeah, you can really tell it's pretty clear. Even though Ray Mysterio has said repeatedly he doesn't want to feud with Dominic, he doesn't want to wrestle Dominic. It really looks like that's the direction WWE is going here. Also, a source on Creative told Ringside News that BFAB was released because hit. Role was deemed to be just fine without her. That sounds like a ridiculous reason to just I don't know. You know I don't think I don't think they need her. Let's just kick. Let's just buy her for that simple. I guess maybe if what WWE says about budget cuts is true, even though they have made a ton of money this year, like so much. It could be true, but like, other fans would disagree. <laughs> fans would totally, I would disagree. I loved B-Fab on Hitrow. Hitrow feels different without her. I really want her to come back. Also, PW Insider saw that there was a Capital Letters long production meeting Monday afternoon before Raw. This man attended that, but left before the start of the show. Bruce Richard wasn't there either. So John Laurinaitis was in charge backstage. Well, uh, that's what it looks like so far, and uh, really wonder what happened is with because Norman Fisman man is you know so hands on in production of um, WWE products, especially Raw. He's not like so hands on. It's surprising he just left in the middle of everything probably an emergency and I guess they trusted John Laurinaitis a lot. Did he do a good job? Well, you also are also, I'll leave you to judge that. <laughs> also, whatever minor injury concern was that that led to Finn Balor input from Tuesday Leeds house show must have been precautionary as Wrestling Observer reports that he was back in action on Wednesday in Manchester. Balor worked most of a tag team match where he teamed with Cesaro against Walter and Sheamus. Okay, I would have liked to see that. Like personally, yeah, especially I'm a big fan of all four people here, and Walter needs more time to shine in roster, especially rumors that like, well, no real rumor, but like I personally feel he might join the main roster soon. Him and maybe the rest of Imperium, Walter held the 
for those who don't know held the nxt uk championship for over 800 and i think 70 days which is longer than any modern champion longer has ever held the title longer than roman reigns brock lesnar cm punk literally they are <laughs> no nobody wrestling right now has held the title longer than walter so yeah, I guess, but like coming back to Finn Balor, who this news is about first place, I guess that means Finn Balor will likely be able to wrestle for him since he's part of Team Raw's men team. He might be able to more than likely be able to wrestle on Survivor Series on 21st of November this year. And all of us here are hoping and praying that yeah, that is the case. We love it. We love Finn Balor. He's amazing. Too bad, although we really wish that like he worked for the spot and not just you know match clear appear there. Everybody hated the fact that they were, everybody was just announced on Twitter. Like it was it was weird. Also, Chloe Christmas, a former independent wrestler, now a referee in WWE developmental last week, changed her name. And on the social media accounts, indicate her future WWE name would be Paige. This, of course, drew a lot of negative reactions, including from WWE superstar Paige. <laughs> superstar, retired superstar, and uh, Paige. And Christmas now appears to be called going by Blur Baldwin. I mean, this is where, why would she call herself Paige? That would be <laughs> that, that would be way too weird. I honestly don't know why someone would do that. I mean they didn't know they were going to get hit. Come on. No, anyway, so going over to an interview. The Undertaker says that he would have wanted Romarin to break his WrestleMania streak. Yeah, I mean you guys remember WWE Legend The Undertaker. Boing! Yes, his streak, uh, he who had an undefeated streak at WrestleMania, he won 21 WrestleManias in a row. And the streak was ultimately broken at WrestleMania 30 by the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Anyway, speaking to Dallas Money News, the dead man said that he would have preferred it if it was Roman Reigns. He says, and I quote, I don't know if Brock was the right guy. I like Brock. Me and Brock are friends. I know that Brock Lesnar knew that win. Brock was a bona fide superstar at that point. So I don't know that he needed it. Roman Reigns. Definitely that was the right call. I just wish he may have been first. I wish I could have reversed them. You know what I'm saying? If Roman could have been able to do it, I think it would have increased the value. Now, do you guys agree? Hmm. Honestly, not sure if it would have made a difference. I guess because I do agree that Brock, at least to me, was way bigger than Roman Reigns at that time period. He was much, much bigger. I guess I would say Roman Reigns needed that boost more. He needed more of a boost. I mean, no matter who did, everybody would have who who would have been everybody would have hated the fact that the streak ended. I think they would have won the streak continue even all the way to Undertaker's retirement. But 
yeah, I guess it would have been if it was someone had to end it, who did have to be? I mean, if you ask him, like people that call a lot of people, it's hard to say who would be the best, honestly. But I guess, yeah, it would have helped Roman more than Brock. I guess, yeah, it would have. Anyways, for those of you who may not know, Roman Reigns and Undertaker did have a match at WrestleMania where Roman came out, came out uh, victorious. Anyway, moving on from that. Freddie Prince Jr. was considered an exemplary addition to WWE creative team to do to his work ethic. Yes, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is someone who is part of WWE's creative. Freddie had relationship with WWE Buster when he became a member of the creative t- team, and he has remained an avid supporter of the company even up until 2012. Now, speaking of said Prince Jr., it was revealed that he had some amusing details about his grandmother being mad at his wife. Due to the fact that his wife did a movie with The Rock. Now, Fred, it was Freddy's idea to move, make The Rock um, heal at the point. But his grandmother had some mixed reactions to it. Like, here's what he says, and he quote, I remember when my wife did a movie with Dwayne Johnson. And Dwayne's WWE character, The Rock, turned his back on people and became what was known as the corporate champion. All the fans hated him. So when my grandma found out that... Sarah was in a movie with him. She got pissed off at my wife for siding with the corporation and not the people. She was genuinely upset and mad at her. I think till the day she died, but that's how serious she took it. Also, we know, yeah, wrestling fans can't take things way too seriously. <laughs> you would be surprised. I mean, God, me also, but like, never to that level. I wouldn't genuinely hate someone just because. He or she to choose a side <laughs> I wouldn't like in wrestling. Like, and she carried it to the grave. Yeah, well, like wrestling fans um, be really extreme with their passion. I mean, I'm passionate about Lord. Anyway, Paul Heyman wants the big eat break away from the new day. And in a very similar way to the way Roman Reigns broke away from the Shield, which led Roman Reigns getting one hell of a push from WWE since that time. But him said in an interview with ESPN, he praised Big E. I would like the Big E to actually to quit the New Day. He said, I was very complimentary towards Big E, and I still am. Big E needs to break away from New Day the same way Roman Reigns broke away from Shield. Roman Reigns became a mega star that the Shield couldn't contain Roman Reigns' stardom anymore, and begin needs to take that same approach. Regarding King Woods and Kofi Kingston, a new day said for him. And well, hmm. I know about you guys, but the next thing, yeah, I kind of agree. Lawrence, at the point in time, I have to say, was becoming 
the biggest star when during his shield he was at a point in the biggest shield star even though initially when she broke up i'll say at the beginning several is benefited the most like at the beginning of the breakup definitely several is benefited the most Rollins later on yeah got more star power i guess it's kind of different because when that happened the shield broke off they broke up completely the new day i doubt will just will break up the same with shield did because it has been stated that the new day doesn't want to feel with each other and they didn't want to just split up the new days without a doubt i mean even wwe will tell you are the greatest tag team in wwe history like you can check wwe themselves they will say it uh, they have had more reigns than any other team, more tag team title reigns than any other team in WWE history, and have had the longest title reign. I think it was the second title reign that was the longest ever in WWE history. They are, they are an amazing tag team. I think the only team that could compete would be the Usos. Maybe, maybe. They are Kofi Kingston, Big Games, if it was, they are great, they are amazing together. Like, initially, you wouldn't feel them, but now, their silliness is very, is highly accepted now. Big E right now is having a bit of a solo career. I mean, right now, he's not all that affili- affiliated with the New Day, but he is doing his own thing right now. He was split from them at first when uh, the New Day moved to Raw and he was on SmackDown. And before that, um, Xavier Woods was out on injury, Kofi Kingston out on injury. Iggy had a feud with Sheamus. It was slowly, personally, that feud, the feud was not all that good to me. But I guess it was slowly setting him up on that level. But... Then yeah, Kofi Kingston returns. If it was returned, it looked like it was going. It looked like they were going to come back together. Then the new day was moved to Raw. Everybody except Biggie. Biggie stayed on SmackDown. And then come back to this year's draft. The reverse was the case with Biggie remaining. With Biggie being moved to Raw, and then and now the new day is on SmackDown. Biggie is currently world champion. Personally, I saw it coming, and he's doing a good job so far. And I think he will continue to do a good job as time goes on. Now, does he come need to com- break complete ties with the New Day? Because personally, yeah, I don't think we can say he has broken ties with them because he acts like a member of the New Day. Not like he mentions them or brings them up every now and then, but his attitude, he still retains that silliness with the, of them. Does he need to? Personally, I don't think he needs to break complete ties with New Day. Maybe he should never be a part ever again, and he should maybe not interact with them as much, and maybe never be on the same brand with them. But yeah, I don't think he needs to dissolve the New Day in him. Because even Kofi, when he became WWE Champion, he was still a part of the New Day, even though he had more and more of his solo thing going on. He was still a part of the New Day. So, personally, 
I don't completely. I honestly not sure how what's on Paul on what Paul Heyman said. Yeah, that you guys should just tell me your thoughts. Also, Shafir Hasru has been in the headlines for the wrong reasons. I mean, the wrong reasons. I mean, a lot of things have been said about her. Now, do you know who else has something to say about her? WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray. He has addressed some of these reports on his bot on Busted the Open Radio. Especially how Charlotte Flair is difficult to work with. I am saying this with air quotes. Coming from a different era, Bully Ray defended Charlotte Flair and tried to explain things from her position. He says, and I quote, Difficult to work with comes down to knowing your word. Wrestling business has been morphed into this weird, quirky, yes man, yes woman territory. If you don't just say yes to everything, if you stand your ground and fight for what you believe in, you're deemed difficult. By that definition, don't you think the Undertaker or Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock were difficult to work with? I have no idea, I have not worked with them, so I don't know. Bully Ray said he didn't buy the difficult to work with reports. He said Charlotte's top position means there's always going to be conflict and negotiation. He says, and I quote, Is that truly difficult? No, it's just someone believing their conventions, the way their character has been portrayed. It's not always what well, is what the office says you have to do it this way. There's talking, there's negotiating, there's working it out. So when I hear the term difficult, I really try to put it under a microscope and find out how this person is difficult to work with. You mentioned Charlotte Flair. Charlotte is top of the food chain. Now, just so you know, PW Torch has said that I need superstar approach them and feel that Charlotte has been increasingly difficult to work with and there are no women on the roster want to work with her. But Becky Lynch, on the other hand, is seen as a hero backstage and is well liked by the roster. So is it Becky Lynch is it's hard to say between two who is really top. Charlotte Flair definitely has more accolades and is a Grand Slam champion. Just won the NXT Women's Title, Raw Women's Title, SmackDown Women's Title, the Women's Tag Team Title with Oscar. Becky Lynch it just remains the Women's Tag Team Championship, but like she's still crazy relevant and she's still liked. I say for fans, at least you know people I know. I think she's liked more than Charlotte. I think like at least with WWE first, I suspect they like her more than Charlotte. Like by a lot, Becky Lynch's heel character is definitely more acceptable than Charlotte Flair's heel character, and I guess because also the fact that Charlotte Flair is a Flair. That might be, you know, part of the reason most people might feel that, yeah, she just, you know, got everything she wanted handed to her. It's really hard to say, especially when I heard that. I heard in a rumor a couple of weeks ago that Fox was happy, Fox was um, unhappy with getting Charlotte Flair. They were really unhappy about that. Well, recently Becky Lynch is, has been big and like Lord knows how big she would have been if she hadn't if she didn't have to go on maternity leave. 
difficult i guess if Oshadi was stand her ground then i guess every, not none of the accusations hold water but i know we are not there we honestly not sure what they mean by difficult to work with we do not know have details on what happened really other than there was an altercation is it possible that Charlotte is hated because she's like top of the women's food chain? Yes, it's very possible. I can believe that. Honestly, we're not sure who to believe. Anyway, from Charlotte Flair, let's talk about a former WWE superstar, Austin Aries, who spoke about being a true heel in the wrestling business and the old school mentality of working the gimmick outside the ring. Talking to Dr. Chris Featherstone on Sports Kiddo Wrestling or Scripted Podcast, he answered some fan questions. He talked about how Eddie Sharkey trained him, how he's always oh, how to always hold on to his heel persona in early days, even if he was just grabbing a drink or was at a gas station. He acknowledged how fans know what is happening behind the scenes. And here's what he has to say. I quote. Since change, cultures have changed, and business have changed. When I broke in, I was changed. I was trained by Eddie Sharkey. This is as old school as it gets. So the mentality was that when I walked out the door, I had to assume the role. And even when the show was done, if I was at the bar afterwards, or if fans saw me at the gas station, I wanted to give them a little bit of that hero character. I wanted them to believe. I think nowadays it's difficult since we've broken the fourth wall. And we've peeled certain curtains back. I don't think if it does anyone any favors keep this persona to really make you believe. Because once they really believe, it kind of colors your reputation a little bit. He has a point. I've heard it said a couple of times. There are very few true heels in wrestling. Very few like... Even like lots of people have to keep up, up to their cafe personality. The Undertaker, from what I heard, had to wear black a lot. I mean, it's not just about two years I changed to get up, he had to wear black a lot. Even when outside the ring, outside the stadium, even when not doing anything WWE related, once he's in public, he wears black a lot. Bray Wyatt once, was once called for jury duty and he came. Asbury White, he wore the get up and had the mannerisms. Uh, he has a point, I totally get that. Also, Kofi Kingston might not appear on SmackDown this Friday. Full story Sir Kofi Kingston, for those of you who may have forgotten, was attacked last week on SmackDown by the Usos, Roman Marines, otherwise known as the Bloodline. In an update, the revealed that as a result of the attack, Sir Kofi Kingston suffered a sprained MCL in his knee. Now, WWE announced it on social media. It's possible that this is a storyline. I'm not going to deny that it might be a storyline. I mean, don't know if we could be doing this to Xavier Woods could get more spotlight. I mean, Xavier Woods is now going, might be, you know, the focus of it now because he's king. Like, 
As far as New Day goes, he's the only one that hasn't really got any real spotlight on himself, any strong significant spotlight on himself. It looks like he might get that with Kofi being written off camera. Then maybe it's true, it could be true. But you never know. Anyway, back to Austin Aries. He, talk, he talks about holding six championship titles of different companies. I mean, Austin Theory has been in and out of WWE. Personally, my favorite run has been his run in TNA or Impact Wrestling. But yes, he was once in WWE. And after he left, he became a hot commodity. He beat Elton's to go to a grand, grander scale when Empire Wrestling wanted him. And he says, and I quote, At that time, I was coming off WWE TV, and I was a hot commodity. The places that I was going, you know, small independent promotions that saw the value in putting tight to me, that puts the spotlight on their company. I was doing a lot of work over in the UK, and there came a time when Marty Scroll had one of the titles to the company, and he wanted to drop it. So I already had two at that time. If I get the third one, it becomes my ten. What cemented it was when Impact called and offered an opportunity there and what they wanted me to do. For me, it was trying to help the companies out by giving them a little bit of a spotlight while I was a hard name. I I loved his run in Impact when he became world champion. Loved even more than anything he did in WWE actually. Also, he also Austin Theory talks about how he would like to get back to wrestling. The former Empire Wrestling Champion was the guest in the latest edition of Unscript with Chris. Better stone, as I said, opened up a lot of topics, including a potential return to wrestling. Austin talked about how he'll probably be staying in Mexico, might take a trip to the US. He's currently in Mexico right now. He talked about how he wants to get back to wrestling, but there are too many young stars in the industry now, and he will see how things play out. He says, Oh man, probably still here in Mexico, you know. I will take some trip back to the US, and I know, you know. I would still like to get back into the wrestling scene, and I mean it that way. But right now, there's so much talent out there, and there are lots of guys and girls are looking for some work. And there's always so many spots, so you know, we'll see what happens. Lots anybody who's familiar with Austin Theories will probably want him to return will probably want him to return back to wrestling. Also Eric Bish- also Eric Bishop talks about how Goldberg might have been difficult to work with. He says this in, in the three weeks of podcast on the Ad Free Show. How Goldberg's intense personality and pursuit of perfection made it a little hard for him to handle. He says, and I quote, I think on a consistent basis, it would have been Bill Goldberg, not necessarily in a bad way. Bill was a very intense person, emotionally. Didn't have a lot of experience and was pretty uncomfortable in a pro wrestling environment when he first got there. As a result, he takes on with a very intense personality and a bit of a perfectionist 
who puts a lot of pressure on himself, also lacking a lot of experience and comfort that comes with the experience. You get a guy that's a little hard to handle, or sometimes a lot to handle. Said Bishop about Goldberg. Although Bishop never says that it's a bad thing, he just, you know, points it out. Also, we see the amount of work Creative Freedom Bray Wyatt had in WWE. Now, you all remember Bray Wyatt, aka The Fiend. Yeah, well, apparently he had a lot of Creative Freedom in WWE, according to Perry Jackson Baker, an SFX artist who makeup as who worked with Wyatt. Baker has worked with several WWE superstars apart from Wyatt including Triple H and the former members of Retribution. In an interview with Gimme a Hall in Gimme a Hall Year podcast, Baker stated that all things had to be approved by WWE, but Comedy did give him and Y creative freedom. He says, WWE did give Bray and I a lot of creative freedom, but also a lot of times, everything had to be approved. There were little tweaks and changes and things like that. End of the day, however, who is putting the bill is the one who gets the final say. If we are working for WWE and creating max for them, it's safety first. The big thing we have to do is make sure that it's comfortable, durable, and they can see out of it. Makes sense. I mean, of course, we are expecting WWE to just let, just give them permission, let them go haywire. Yeah, makes sense. I guess, although. Girl, he still doesn't feel like he has that much. I guess he can do whatever he wants, but which to me is the best call for a character like the Fiend and the Undertaker. Well, like I don't know, looking at recent bookings to an extent, I mean, recent, yeah, he's been fired for months now. Uh, how do I put it? His last few appearances. Yeah, I would say there will be. Or they were probably just mad at him. I don't know. It's really hard to see what happened. Anyway. Apparently, WWE had plans to reunite Karen Cross with Scarlett. Yes, it was bound to happen eventually, according to Dave Melzer on the of the Wrestling Observer Radio. There was a lot of talk of putting Karen Cross and Scarlett back together in the roster. What the were released before any type of solid plan happened. It was said, he says, and I quote, There was talk that they were gonna break them up, and that he was gonna do go do so so, and she was gonna come in, and then he was gonna be pushed as a big starter. That had been talked about a million, among a million other things, and it obviously never happened. That is one time surprise never happened. I mean, come on, seriously. Like, it's. It's Karen Cross. I mean, he killed it. Love them killing NXT. I mean, if the point was. Because it's looking like that's not the point. If the point was to separate them, then maybe. Karen Cross would be losing and then realize because it wasn't looking like that at all. Just like you were just trying to make it more and more vicious, but like that viciousness was not going anywhere. Why did they give him that weird looking shredder max? 
like i honestly don't know i'm i honestly not sure if that was the plan from the beginning i signed that that was the plan from the beginning especially since scarlet was working some dark matches and Karen Cross looks like he was just doing his own thing, especially he was winning at some point. Personally, I think WWE was confused throughout his main roster run. Anyway, which anyway, talk about the recent 18 releases made by WWE. Guess which one surprised Eric Bishop the most? If you guess Ember Moon. You are right. So yeah, apparently out of the 18 wrestlers that were released by Emblem by WWE, Emblem was the most surprising to Eric Bishop, the former WWE WCW executive vice president. He says, and I quote, I was really disappointed. A couple of them stuck out to me. In particular, Emblem was a surprise to me. Only because I worked with Ember for a very brief time back in WWE, for an even briefer time. Really, really professional, talented, committed individual. I really liked her and was hoping to work more with her because there's just something about her that made me want to try to come up with something that would help her get to the next level. I know that in the office there were a lot of people that really, really supported Ember when she got injured while I was there. It was a devastating injury, and most people thought that she would probably not she was probably not coming back I know there was a lot of support for her in the office and everyone was of the mindset that everybody was going to give her as much time as they needed because they really appreciated her as a performer and a professional that's why that one really jumped out to me Bishop also gave us some light on the behind the scene aspects as why there so many releases by WWE Spoke about Harry Smith being let go by coming as another person he was also shocked to see released. He says, and I quote, As is always the case, there are other things going on that none of us are aware of. From a strategic point of view, from a budgetary point of view, learning what the future is over the next year, three year, five year plan, there are always things that we don't know about, but that one stuck out to me. Harry Smith getting released, I was disappointed in. I got to know Harry a little bit and talked to him several times away from business. Just a nice, intelligent, charismatic individual. He just seemed to have all the ingredients, so I was very disappointed for him because I know how committed he is to this industry. That one kind of surprised me and disappointed me. Some of the surprising releases include I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not talking as Eric Bishop anymore. And some of them included, you know. Grand Cross and Kili Obogati spoke about the latest of the releases in a recent podcast and, and why Karen's name was one standout. Bishop spoke about Cross being Lego by company and also talked about the idea of the independency getting revived due to the current influx of talent that will be available. A lot of others are people, Aaron Cross says, and Eric. Eric Bishop says, and I quote, A lot of the others that people have never really crossed paths with, so I don't have any kind of personal knowledge of them or their abilities and talents. 
can cross the gather close and then have the rug pulled out from underneath you is emotionally devastating because of the time commitment that goes into trying to make it to the big leagues once you get out of the funk and disappointment of being let go it's just nothing but opportunity man it's hard to look at it that way when you have just been kicked in the teeth and your dreams have all been shattered and taken away from you but that's just a moment in time they've got the talent or they wouldn't have been there in the first place and now it's just a matter of improving on that talent there is a food of talent there is a flow of talent from ring of honor shutting down and the massive amount of talent that's been released from WWE all over the last year while lots of them have found the spot in EW and there's still there's still a lot of great talent floating around there I think and hope I will pray what's going to happen is the independent scene is going to fill up with a lot of great talent I think as we're coming out of transitioning out of this COVID era where there were are no live events we're starting to see more and more of them in certain parts of the country these are the people that are going to be able to take their talents to the next level next level by taking to the next step next level by taking it out again into the independent scene finally eric bishop would conclude that would conclude we we'll conclude this discussion by giving some advice for the released talent. The former executive said that he would advise the talent to work with an improv coach on their mic skills and make their goal coming to come back to WWE. He says, and I quote, bring out what you're best at if you've been caught, as if you've been caught. You're disappointed, you haven't shook it off. Give yourself a couple of days and just do a personal invent inventory. Be honest with yourself and look at your strengths. Uh, and then find the strengths and put them off to the side and determine how I can become bad at things I'm already good at. What can I do to challenge myself to be bad at things I'm already good at? And then be honest with yourself and make a list of things you're not good at or at or need a lot of work and focus on those things. Find an improv acting coach and learn how to be the best you can possibly be on the microphone. Because you clearly already had the technical skills and talent to be the business, or you wouldn't have been in a position to get caught in the first place. So pat yourself on the back. Now the now's the opportunity to build up on it. I'll say this till I can no longer do a podcast. If you have powerful narrating mind skills and you're really good at that, you will come out of this and you are sent to Heights higher than you probably hoped for. If you don't have an improv acting coach where you live, go fucking find one. Sell some shit. Go dig some ditches. Go work part time somewhere and go find a really good coach that could teach you how to become the best character you could be on the mic. You'll be shocked how fast you can leapfrog over people that may have been, that may even have better technical skills than you do, or may even have a better look than you do. If you can own that mic and rock that mic, you'll rock the business and you make a lot of money so go do that instead of being pissed off he also tells shared his thoughts on the idea of a potential new wrestling company forming due to the influx of talent available he says is there one to any idea sure because there's a lot of talent there arguing wrestling from a tv arguably wrestling from a television perspective there's more of an appetite for it today and they have ever been largely because of the success of it 
but also because in terms of programming, it's still rivaling inexpensive programming in comparison to scripted or sports which prices people out of business. Residence a television property comparatively is a pretty inexpensive effort. If you're looking to get an audience, they will find you. They are loyal, but you're looking at $400,000, $500,000 an hour. I know people at home are thinking, oh my god. But compare that to a well-produced reality show, unscripted show, you're looking at the million plus an episode. And he also, and Eric Bishop also teased a book on his podcast, including a Netflix film or television show coming soon. Although he wouldn't talk much about it, he said the film crew came to his house to do an interview on his on this this past week. He said, I quote, got next week's film crew coming out to my house here, surely and going to spend the day with them. Secret project, not my project, so that's why it has to remain secret. I'm just a part of it. I'm not behind the scenes at all, so it's not my toy to play with. I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. Well, he said a lot. Like a whole lot. But yeah, he has a point. And he has a point. And to get fired, you know, pick yourself up, improve on yourself, get better, and march forward. Eric Bishop is definitely a man of, <laughs> of words. Also... Ruby Soho, who used to be known in the, the current AEW star Ruby Soho, who used to be known in WWE as Ruby Riot, says that Ronda Rousey's baby is already tougher than her. So yes, the former WWE superstar appeared on Women's Wrestling Talk. She talked about um, Ronda Rousey's baby. I'm trying to pronounce the name. It's looking like Kimak. You know what? You guys can just Google out what name of Ronda Rousey's baby. I'm not even going to try and say this. Oh yeah, Lakia Brown. I'm African, but God, what is Makalapua Okalanipo? Yeah, you guys go browse it out. I'm, I, I can't. Anyway, she talks about her French with Ronda Rousey. She says, She sent me pictures of the baby the other day and she's absolutely beautiful, really tougher than me. A child is really tougher than me, just based off of who her parents are. Yeah, Ronda and I keep in contact every once in a while. Just, we just check in with each other. She's an amazing person. And she's so much fun to work with. Just her excitement, her passion was super infectious and she brought me to a new level of thinking about wrestling, especially against someone of a stature. Just asked me about it in a different way, which I always love to be able to challenge like that, especially when you're doing it for a while. Sometimes you kind of get into the same mindset. But it was very cool to be challenged against someone you know of a talent and of a stature and her reputation. So it was great to be able to work with her. Well, it's so great to see her in the role I know she was meant for, which is motherhood. She's guaranteed to be the coolest mom. 
Ruby was asked if she a possible reunion with Sarah Rowan, who, who was in WWE known as Sarah Logan, could happen in AEW. So claims that yeah, the former squad member, the squad former Riot squad members have already talked about it. She says, I quote, I mean we've already talked about the hypotheticals, you know. Sarah and I have shared every major moment in our careers together. I've known her for over 10 years now. I am the best job I could possibly ask for his godmother to her son. And she is my best friend and she's been there for me. Through everything, she came to All Out surprise me. I was really an emotional mess that day as it was. But when I saw her and Cash there, I just bawled like a baby. So she is one of those people that I think is incredibly talented and most driven woman I've ever met. When she gets something in her head, she's going to do it. And so I think whenever you know the time is right for her to re-emerge back in the wrestling industry and wherever she decides to go, I will 100% have her back. Obviously we have talked about hypotheticals, but you know as much as selfishly I would always love for her to be my tag partner forever. Whatever is honestly best for her and her family is the place that I want her to go. I think that kind of just leaves it up to how everything fits with her family, which is her number one priority for sure. It was from a friend. Uh, those ha- that has been news and rumors. My name has been Master Ben. This has been a re- this has been segment from Wrestling Now we call News and Rumors. Now. That's all for today. See you next time and God bless and also have a nice day.